Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 1233 in Edmonton. Special shout out to Brendan Connolly. Everybody involved with Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. 9990, uh, 9990, uh, Jasper Ave. And of course, uh, Roos Chris in Edmonton, the 99th owned in the Roos Chris change. Edmonton owned and operated, currently closed as per AHS regulations. And when Roos Chris uh, when Alberta gets back up and at him, Roos Chris will be back up and at him as well. As we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline at 780-496-0063. And we are going to hook up with our NHL insider, John Shannon, for legacy heating and cooling with no overtime rates and 24-7 service repairs. That's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. John, how you doing? Hey, Bob, how are you? Good. That's, uh, we'll get to the Oilers stuff in a second. Team Canada. Um, you know, uh, I've always been of the school of the belief from the school that uh, anybody can beat anybody on any given day. That's the nature of sport. That's why we play. Uh, never underestimate your opposition. I don't think Team Canada did that. I, th- you know, uh, we maybe had some people that said, "Well, they're beating everybody else by four or five goals." Uh, the, you know, the, the Russians beat the Americans, and Canada beat Russia five nothing. It's going to be a walk. Um, but this is a I, I put it this way I got I got a lot of empathy for the Canadian players and the Canadian staff it's a tough loss last night to watch and give credit where credit was due the Americans were good I'd like to get your thoughts on all of those topics John well last night alone uh, Bob I, I mean I think the for the first 40 minutes the Americans were the better team they were uh, they were more aggressive on the puck um, uh, they they won every almost every puck battle, and then when when the when the Canadian team did turn it around in the late in the second and, and in the third period, uh, the Americans did an amazing job of clogging the middle and making sure that there really weren't very many quality scoring chances. And you know, Spencer Knight's a good goalie, and and so you combine those two things that that's what happened. It was. The, the the interesting thing for me is you is I I think the concern would be was the round robin were the, were the games earlier too easy for Canada and then how did you prepare for the opposition uh, and um, to me it was it, it was a classic case last night of the Americans by Nate Zeman were told to play their game and and you know use their speed be aggressive. Uh, and they were. They were. It was. Listen, Canada. I know when you lose the last game you play, uh, it's difficult to. We've been conditioned as Canadians to 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 say we're losers. I. You know, this was a very good hockey club, uh, but on this night, as you talked about, the Americans were better, and we should just uh, resolve ourselves to that and and find a way next year when people can be in in the building. 
uh, we can find a way to uh, to enjoy the tournament next year, and hopefully Canada will win. I reference my time uh, doing the U of A because they, like Canada, have the cream of the crop in terms of the players that they have, and, and their first line and fourth lines can basically, you know, they're all elite-level WHL, well, really good WHL players, you know, guys that are captains and 70, 80, 90, 100 point scores out of the dub up front. This text comes in and says, Bob, uh, USA versus Canada World Junior Gold Medal Games. The U.S. has won four, Canada's won one. I think that says something. If the Bears had lost six and only won three, would you boast about them as much? And I'm like, well, what, what, this, this is the time. Because I said the Bears won six of 13 champions. Did the games 13 years. They won six titles. Yeah. The three best teams they had didn't win because of the nature of how single elimination game tournament works. But what the Texters got to realize is, yeah, Canada might be just one and four against the U.S., but they've won a whole bunch of other times since the two countries started going head to head, playing in these gold medal games. Like that's that's the thing that needs to be. Fa- I, I guess I have a hard problem with denigrating Canada's performance. You know, I just say like I think they had a good tournament. They had a tough forty minutes, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. and yeah. and beaten, and their kids by te- beaten by a better team on one night. Sure, yeah, you know, uh, uh, and and uh, you know, th- it, it speaks to me that. For this generation, and, and maybe a previous generation too, since 1996, um, you know Canada's biggest hockey rival isn't Russia. Yeah. You know we're old enough to think about what the Russians and the Soviets and, and what they've meant to to playing the game of hockey against our country, particularly. But you know for the for the last 25 years, this is our biggest rival. There's no no doubt in my mind this is our biggest rival. Uh, and when you what, what what we've seen in hockey, and 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 you know USA hockey have done an amazing job of growing the game. You know when you look at the Sun Belt teams, the amount of players that come from California, Texas now, and there's kids playing in Georgia and playing in Florida are contributing to the to the programs. USA hockey took a page out of out of the Canadian philosophy that Hockey Canada created. And built their national program and built their their program of excellence like we have. Um, and then then you look at the pragmatic side of this, Bob. There's 330 million Americans. They are going to they are going to at a certain point with that volume of people have the opportunity to have better athletes play the game and sometimes be better. And and you know that's the reality of where we are with our sport. Uh, you know, it, it, it's just a, it's just a fact of life. Uh, I can tell you right now. I remember after the '96 World Cup, where the USA beat Canada, we had long discussions about what was going to happen with the game when the Americans took it seriously. And if the Americans took hockey seriously, and they certainly have for a long period of time now, then we were going to get challenged a lot more, and we have. And we have, and in the end, I think it will make us better. I think it has made us better, and I think that we'll, you know, we'll just recoil and regroup and and start again. And and next year we could be having the same conversation: Canada, USA, USA wins. But we also might have in the conversation: Canada, USA, Canada wins. And isn't life grand? So it's just the cycle of life, in my opinion, when it comes to hockey. On on with, in my opinion, the two best countries that are are creating hockey players now in the world. Well, the other thing that needs to be said here is this is, John, a 19-year-old's tournament. And just looking up at the makeup of the two teams, okay, let's just throw this out there. Uh, for the top 15 picks in the 2019 NHL draft, 
the Americans had. Uh, Jack Hughes did not play for them. He could have, obviously. But they had Turcotte. They had Zegras. They had Boldy, Knight, York, and Caulfield. That's six players from the top 15 of that draft. Uh, sure. Canada, Canada, Doc was going to be on the team. He got hurt. Canada ended up with Cousins. And that's it. One player from the top 15. Now, in fairness, Canada had a run at 16, 17, 18 with Newhook, Krebs, and Harley. But top 15, the Americans had six of the top 15, and they all came back. Uh, you know, they, those guys all. Uh, we, and our right. country, our country has, our country has lived on, on re- returning players for a long yes. time, too. And, and so. next year, and so what I'm saying with the 2020 draft is Canada is going to have more players next year than the U.S. The U.S. did not have a very deep 2020 draft in the first round. It was a very mm-hmm. deep draft for Canadian players in 2020. And I, mm-hmm. I, I, I'll throw this out there right now. I think that Canada, <laughs> I don't know if they'll be better in the round robin, but I have a feeling they'll outperform the Americans in next year's tournament because the base of the American team is not going to be top 15 overall picks from a draft year one year removed, whereas the base yeah. of the Canadian team is going to be said squad. So, and, and you do, and you do have to wonder. You do have to wonder that uh, there was a nucleus of this American team that were part of the Gretzky Halinka tournament. In the same arena, uh, that feel they got robbed by by a, the lack of video review uh, in, in, yeah, they, in one game, and and you have to wonder, you have to wonder how what kind of influence, and because these kids have played together and played against each other for a long time, you know, yeah. I mean, and we know they're teenagers, but they they've played head to head, gosh, for you know five or six years now. Uh, at certain tournaments, whether it be club teams or, or national teams. So you have to wonder what that effect had. Uh, it, it was, listen, I loved watching the game. I love. I thought the officiating was outstanding. Uh, overall, I mean, you know, uh, and, and I try to be as neutral as possible, uh, but the ebb and flow of this game, the lack of whistles of this game, it was entertaining hockey. It was fun to watch. It would have been better to see 19,000 people inside the arena. That's the biggest thing. That wasn't me. the case. That's the biggest thing for me, right? Was just the the yeah. fact that there were no. And you know what? That's a factor in that tournament. Emotion gets the part of it. I always have in amateur sport. Maybe it's because I worked in amateur sport for a number of years. Um, and and frankly, the coaches that got it when I was at the university were the coaches that knew that the criticism started and ended with them. They're the yeah. ones getting paid. That you want to coach, you know, I, I remember having coaches say to me, I don't want you calling scores into the newspaper if we lose. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, dude, that can't, that stuff can't be happening. Uh, but the coaches that got it understood that when you're, so if you're Hockey Canada, the management of Hockey Canada and the coaching staff, to me, that comes with the territory. You're being compensated to do those roles, and I always feel bad for the uh, the players, especially guys that are under the age of uh, 18. Now, you know, in the case of, you mentioned that team that we saw here with the Americans in 2018. Farinacci was on that team. Uh, Kaliev, who I really like, he's got to do a lot of work, but he loves to shoot the puck. He was on that team. Uh, Dustin Wolf was on that team. So they had I think some, there were six. I think there were six yeah. of them. So. And they could have, could, I mean, Robertson, obviously, uh, for the people that said, well, Stoffer, you're sitting there saying Lafreniere, uh, Lafreniere and Doc weren't available for Canada. What about Hughes and Robertson? I, I, I'll be, uh, you know, Canada had the better players not play, but the U.S. won that when it mattered, and that's all that mattered. Yeah, um, yep, that's right. At, at the end of the day, they, and, and again, it's a way better tournament when we have fans. 
Because it was, it, 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 you know what, John? It's almost like I was there for two of the six or five games. Water. I can't even remember how long it went. Stanley Cup final. And I went to, I think, five games total for the World Juniors. And it's mm-hmm. almost sad to be in the building without fans. Like, fans belong yeah. there. They're such yeah. a huge part of it. Well, then, again, that's... That's what makes, uh, you know, I, I, I joke about it all my years at Hockey Night in Canada is that uh, the way that uh, on, on television we have treated the game of hockey is such that it's more than a game, it's an event because the people in the seats make it the event. And, and there's the, the game and then everything else that gets enjoyed. So it, it's certainly, listen, the people at TSN uh, and Paul Graham and the guys there did an amazing job. Uh, at, at trying to work with what they had, um, and under trying circumstances, the, the the organizing committee did an amazing job of keeping all the players and the staff healthy uh, and able to play. Um, but uh, and five years from now, we're going to look at uh, the record books and just talk about the World Junior as the World Junior, and that the Americans won two nothing. Uh, but uh, it, it, as as it goes. When you don't see the crowd and you don't see the event that it is, uh, there's just something missing. So we're rounding the corner here to get ready to drop the puck in the NHL season. Uh-huh. Do we have confirmation yet from the Ontario and Quebec uh, and uh, Manitoba provincial governments? Alberta and BC have confirmed good to go there to play games. I, 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 uh-huh. You have to assume it's it's a fait accompli. It's already done. Is it not, John Shannon? Yeah, I, I, I think I think that uh, we and uh, McCowan and I had uh, Bill Daly on our podcast on Monday, and he's he's led to believe that he was given that thumbs up from all um, for all seven teams with you know the five uh, uh, provincial health authorities on Christmas Day that they have that permission. So there are no issues in Canada. The really the only issue in the, all of the United States right now, or all the NHL right now is what happens with San Jose. And when does San Jose, uh, are they able to play at the Shark Tank? Uh, they start on the road for a great man. I don't think they have a game in, on, at home in January, uh, because I, I think they were hoping to be at home in San Jose at some time in February. But there's, there's no promise with what's going on with the pandemic and the growing list of issues with the pandemic, particularly in California. It's now the hot spot on the continent for the... Uh, for, for the virus, uh, there's no guarantee that that even will ha- will occur for the sharks. Then, all right, uh, you kind of steered me in a direction, and I altered for one question. So let's circle back to television for a second. Uh, it has been confirmed by Sportsnet, who put out today that both the Oilers and the Flames get four. Well, in the Edmonton's case, it's a four-year extension. I don't know what it is in Calgary. Yeah, they're uh, both the same. They're both the same. And you talk about partnerships, like you know what? You watch the t- the guys at TSN do a great job. It is amateur sport. Uh, so, you know, I, 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 I generally not a big fan. Like I had somebody chirp at me about Quentin Byfield. Well, why didn't you do anything? And I, you know, and I'm like, he, you do realize he's the youngest player on team Canada as a second overall pick. Like just relax here. He wasn't the only one that didn't score yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but I, I, TSN does a wonderful job producing that event. You mentioned Paul Graham and that's one of his babies. And, uh, we know, mm-hmm. and those are partnerships and they're a great partner of uh of hockey canada and there's an approach a tactical approach and you know what sportsnet and nhl hockey and rogers have been a very good partner john uh for the national hockey league at a you know at a uh, global level shall we say at a uh, national rights level but also in the case of uh, edmonton and calgary on a regional rights level 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, I think that uh, what what, uh, what both hockey clubs did in Alberta uh, was in the best interest of, of of their organizations and for the hockey fans to make sure that uh, uh, whether it be the fifty six game schedule or the three ensuing seasons uh, that uh, that they can guarantee themselves quality coverage of uh, of the uh, of the regular season before the national rights holder takes over on certain nights and in the playoffs. So, I mean, this was a logical. A continuation of a partnership that has worked very well for the Oilers, worked very well for the Flames, and obviously worked very well for Rogers and Sportsnet. Any information you're getting early in training camps throughout the seven Canadian teams, John? Some feedback you're getting on how teams look? Well, you know, you know, I, I, the one thing I think that everybody's, you know, by this time, you know, here we are. It's Wednesday in, in, a, in a regular training camp scenario, Bob. We would be playing the first preseason game tonight uh it would be game, it would be day three into the turn into the into training camp and we'd be seeing preseason games against opposition that's i think that you know when you think about the you know the, the the blue versus orange or red versus white or blue versus white whatever team you're you're, you're watching i think that that's the one thing is this 10 days is going to be uh so much of playing against each other there'll be less contact uh, I think teams will be, I don't think conditioning will be an issue, but I do think that uh, the fact that the competition will not be as, uh, as at a high level if you play another team, uh, that that's probably the one thing where, um, where management is looking at and saying, okay, how do we evaluate? And I think you're going to find teams a lot more conservative in going with the veteran players rather than taking chances on some of the young prospects to try to make their hockey clubs. John, what do you think of the coaches wearing masks? Listen, we're in a pandemic. We're in a pandemic. You know, every rule in place has to happen. Uh, and, and until everybody's vaccinated, until the public health uh, departments think that it's safe for masks not, be, not to be a factor. Remember, we're going we're, we're to be hearing two weeks from now uh, at the inauguration of the President of the United States, we're going to hear when he announces that he wants every American to wear a mask for 100 straight days. Um, you know, this, this is this is bigger than hockey. Uh, this is so. I mean, I, I think if, if if the league and the players' association have mandated that coaches wear masks, then coaches wear masks. Period. End of discussion. How many times, when you were producing a game, did you shoot the bench after a goal to specifically get a shot of a coach, either a positive and or negative reaction? I think that there was probably a 75 to 80 percent chance that that would occur. Yeah, for I mean, just for that pure reaction of, and most of them, let's face it, were stoic. You know, most of them, you know, and and, and I still remember uh, one day walking through with the Coliseum and, uh, and and Glenn walking up to me and saying, "John, my mother is mad at me because every time you cut to me on the bench, I'm swearing." And he says, "You've got to stop showing me on the bench." I said, Glenn, you've got to stop swearing. I'm not going to stop showing you on the bench. You've got to stop swearing. So at that point, I think we got into a little bit of a, a, a not a heated argument, but a, a, a louder discussion. And at the end of it, we became great friends over it. Um, but at the same time, that, that listen, that's going to be the reality of, uh, of what you do when you, when you cut to a player or you cut to a coach. You are going to get some level of emotional reaction. And, you know, in the world of sports, 
That usually includes a four-letter word. Uh, There are some managers that were a little bit more demonstrative than others. There's one in St. Louis in particular. (laughs) Ron Caron. Wow. He was funny, eh? Oh, I love Ronnie Caron. He was, uh, he was, uh, Ron became a great friend. I, I got to know Ron through my years uh, with the great Dan Kelly in St. Louis, and Ron was around the club, and we used to sit and laugh. And uh, Ron, uh, Ron got emotionally involved uh, at every level. I've, I, I, I walked into his uh, viewing area at the old St. Louis Arena and saw the phone that he had ripped off the wall and the chairs that were. Uh, taped to the uh, floor so he couldn't pick them up and throw them. So there are there were a few instances where Ron got a little bit more demonstrative than most people. Do you know the one I remember recently, and I mean I was broadcasting the game, but I saw it in the highlights after, was Pete Chiarelli after Anaheim scored uh, the 3-3 goal, the three goals in the final five minutes of the game to tie it yeah. in game five. Pete was pretty uh, like, oh, you know, it was the, a little... The, the, guy, the guy I think that has, the guy that is probably... And, and we would call it a money shot in television. A guy that uh, was a good money shot in television in, in the last four or five years has been Cam Neely in Boston. Cam uh, Cam uh, played the game at and and, he, and he's the president of the Bruins at the same level of emotion. And so there are times where there's a, there's a a double pump or there's a fist or or something. And and Cam's a big man. You don't want to be in the way of either. That dog don't hunt, John. That dog don't that dog don't hunt. We'll have a conversation about that one day. Great stuff, John. Thanks for your time. Okay, Bob. Talk to you soon. You bet. Uh that is our NHL insider, John Shannon, who joins us twice a week here on Oilers Now, courtesy of Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home and no payments and no interest for one year. That's how you build a legacy. Legacy Heating and Cooling. When we come back on Oilers Now in one and a half minutes time, we will get to the Oilers Now injury report for James H. Brown, injury lawyers. This is Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stopper on 630 Chat. Hey, uh, Brendan Escott at uh, 1255 at Edmonton. I'm, I'm just following your Twitter account here. Uh, I, I know you got... You have access to the TV in the uh, production studio. My television is in another room. Uh, I have a piano in front of me. And uh, let's see. I did have a TV set up for the, uh, the the play-in series. But anyhow, I digress. What the hell's going on? Like, uh, well, they were doing a, a Senate vote on uh, at the U.S. Capitol today, Bob. And yes. it has been completely overtaken by protesters, uh, pro-Trump protesters to the point where they're talking about armed standoffs inside of the house here. They're, they've got snipers on the roof. They've got protesters inside the building. I, this, this is insanity right now. <laughs> wow. Uh, let's get to a uh, much more understated topic right now. The Oilers Now Injury Report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang at James H. Brown, they want you to stay safe and stay positive. Uh, Sabres forward Zemgus Gergensen's had surgery today to fix a hamstring problem. It's expected to keep him out for around six months. David Pasternak will miss the first uh, few weeks of the season. He's recovering from uh, mid-September 
September hip surgery. He is expected to be ready around mid-February, and the team also hinted that he might be a little ahead of schedule on that timeline as well. They also have 32-year-old Brad Marchand uh, skating in a non-contact jersey, though he does expect to be ready for opening night. He had sports hernia surgery on September 14th and actually said that that's something he'd been dealing with uh, right through the core of his body, I guess, for a couple of seasons now. And uh, former second overall pick Nolan Patrick uh, was a full participant at Flyers practice on Monday. He's working his way back, as we know, from a migraine condition or post-concussive symptoms that cost him all of last year and quite a bit of the year before as well. There you go. Great stuff. Uh, when we get back, coming up at uh, 105 today, David Staples from the Cult of Hockey. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.